You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're back. We're back. I'm back. Never left. Like we never left. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. We're here. We're back. Like we never left. Roll with it, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm here with Greg Campbell, David Warren. I am one of the owners at Referral Mortgages here in Ottawa. We're mortgage brokers. Great team. Great humans. Greg Campbell is a partner over at uh, Blue Panda Realty. (laughs) He's a real estate agent. And he helps people find homes, sell homes, gives great advice. David Warren is my business partner at Referral Mortgages, also an expert mortgage agent. And uh, we just want to show some love, give a shout out to uh, Mr. Stephen Hopkins, our producer. He, he's, uh, he basically creates all the magic behind the scenes, makes us look better than we are. And uh, lastly, uh, North Brew Coffee, northbrew.ca. If you like coffee, if you're thirsty, head over there. Punch in the uh, code word podcast into northbrew.ca and you'll get 20% off your orders. Indefinitely. Indefinite discount. Delicious coffee. Drink. It's even more delicious <laughs> going, from, a, from a toe rep mug. A toe rep mug. Drink the only way to drink. Yes. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, Greg, Greg welcome you're back. Greg's looking welcome mighty back tanned. To the big city. He's, Thanks. he's looking I, mighty tanned. It's, uh, I'm more tanned is, than usual. That's a straight, I, thick tan. Yeah, I uh, I would love to still be tanning, but uh, you know I had to come back. The cottage was fantastic. Couple weeks in for one day for a wedding. Um, I had the privilege of of DJing the wedding, and my wife got to sing at the wedding, so that was kind of fun to do uh, to work as a team. And it was the kids' first wedding. They ran around with a bunch of other kids and uh, fell asleep sitting up in a chair. That would be, you know, wedding would be something that would almost kids feel- or you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, I, I definitely was not falling asleep. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, a wedding would be an interesting experience right now. It almost feels surreal. Just like, you yeah. know, 50 to hundred people dancing and actually having a good time. Would it was be, great. Uh, weird to see. <laughs> it was great. We were at, um, Domain Pedo, the, uh, winery in now. Uh, we, we, yeah, it was awesome outside, obviously. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm actually fired up for the week. I've got a home inspection today for a deal I completed, uh, this week. Uh, this is actually a funny story. Do you guys want me to just run into this uh, right now? Keep running. Yeah. Go. Just, just taking it off. So two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, me and my clients actually who came from the podcast, Dave and Cass shout out, we went and saw this property and it had been on for two weeks and it was perfect for them renovated older bungalow, but renovated, um, in Stittsville. And, you know, we went in, we had figured, you know, they were listed at 680. We figured we'd, you know, get it done in and around that in the end. And of course the, uh, seller just kept pushing the price up and up and up. And then when we came up and up and up, he kept pushing it up and up and up. Just going to say up and up and up for the rest of my life now. So in the end, it didn't work because we were already over what he was asking. He'd been on the market two weeks and uh, then he just kept asking for more. And we were like, okay, well, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. So we hit the road, told the agent said, call me in two weeks when it still hasn't sold. Two weeks later, the agent calls. He's like, are you guys still interested? I'm like, yeah, well we are. I'm like, we're not interested at the new price. We're interested at the price that we had originally. Um, 
24 hours later, I get a reverse offer from the agent. So for anyone who doesn't know what that means, and most people don't, is that means that the seller sent the buyer an offer. Mm. And it was great. So we got it at a, at fair, at a fair price, market value. And um, we got a home inspection condition in there because we weren't going to do it without that. So it was, I mean, you know, it was an interesting thing to see because, uh, you know, especially I think a lot of people in that scenario would put their ego in place of reality and just kind of not let it happen. Um, so I was happy for both the seller and the buyer that we, uh, we got it done. And, um, hopefully after the inspection today, we'll be, we'll be wrapped up, but reverse offers people, they exist. Don't force so force Yeah. Like just, you know, I, I loved it. I, yeah. I just loved getting like, I didn't do, I didn't have to do any more work. It's like the offer just came to me and I'm like, great. Signed it, accepted it on the buyer. Yeah, getting an offer for your buyers is, is very unique. Yeah. Super cool. So if you hmm. ever hear the term reverse offer, that's what you're looking at. That's yes. great. Yeah. Well, glad that, uh, glad that I worked wonder, out. And, and they I liked it originally, we'll, so it worked. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder yeah. if we'll see that more often with with the uh, unreserved that we talked about a few weeks ago with people auctioning. If uh, the sellers, sellers will just come at people with offers. You know, you have five people that have thrown in bids and you just go to all of them and say, whoever gives us this price, we'll sell it to you. We had a chat with Unreserved. They actually spoke to our office on Tuesday. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that everybody should know is they are not a real estate brokerage. They are a tech company. Mm -hmm. So I could, I could dive into this forever, but I'm not going to. Uh, I don't think it's the right time. But um, it's a very, very cool model. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not here to be just another... They're not here to be a real estate brokerage. They are a tech company. Uh, they intend on working with agents and um, you know developing their company as it goes out the gates. It was just one of those things as uh, this is what we're doing. And everybody's just like we said, everybody's shocked. Yeah. Unreserved, yeah. shocked. Unreserved is not a sponsor. No. They had a good article in the auto business journal this week, actually though. Um, okay. I didn't the, see it. The, the founder was uh so he, he started eBlock, which um, yeah. online auction for cars. Uh, ironically enough, I do know is the current CEO of, uh, of eBlock. Um, and oh, so it's cool. just kind of all around, but uh, Ottawa guy as well. But um, they are for unreserved. He's actually about to complete a $20 million uh, fundraise. So initial round of uh, seed funding uh, of 20 million and uh, to help launch them. Uh, nationwide, which will be, uh, which will be interesting to see how that rolls out, how that funding, you know, a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of credibility from launching eBlock, which has been a huge success and is already in like six or seven years across North America. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes up. Cause like you said, they're a tech company and they're looking to disrupt the industry and bring something new to how real estate is done. So it'll be with, with that type of fundraising and seed capital will be, uh, you know, It'll be interesting to see what they roll out, how they roll it out. Um, obviously, you know, you had other conversations, Greg, but uh, mm -hmm. chat about off air. But uh, but yeah, I think I think kind of you know with that sort of fundraising, they're definitely not going to be a fly by night. Um, no, they're they're definitely here to stay. They want to they want to collaborate. Um, it's just work in progress, you know. Mm -hmm. um, like for you know from the the conversation we had the other day, it seems like everything's just being done right, and they understand that. You know, a lot of people aren't going to understand it or want it initially. Um, mm -hmm. They're very open to suggestions and trying to find ways to work better. Forward thinkers. All of us. They're forward yeah. thinkers. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. 
Um, Tyler, uh, Tyler Welsh, uh, just commented saying he bought his first house with a reverse offer. Oh, back there you go. Uh, yeah. Tyler, go. Tyler, we're due for our coffee in your toe rep mug, bud. <laughs> we, had to, we, we were all set up about a month ago. And then I think he's, uh, I don't I can't remember what happened. And he got a flat tire or something, but to, to the, Greg, to I got the a point, flat to touch quickly on the, uh, on the tech side of things in our business. I mean, that is, uh, that's kind of the nature of uh, nature of reality right now for all industries is that everything is becoming, you know, more easily automated, more easily um, like, I guess, palpable to the uh, consumer's, uh, you know, palette for using tech. Like, you know, I know even when we got in the industry in 2013, everything was still paper-based. People were very, uh, you know, uh, reserved uh, when using online platforms or online uh, applications and so on. And now that is, I mean, the last two years has definitely extrapolated that, but, um, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see. And that, like you said, they're, they're here to stay. And if they have that sort of backing, then they're going to obviously continue to focus on their R and D and, and keep getting better. And it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they pivot and yeah. where they end up in, in a year's time or so. And, and um, to that point, to that point though, there's, um, you know, a lot of industries are get shaken up by tech. And, you know, if you, if you're somebody that's in that industry, that's getting shaken up, um, put, putting your feet in the sand is never going to be a, a successful strategy. It's learning about what that competition is doing, what that company is doing, how you can embed it within your business, uh, can, you know, change the way that you do business to, to offer a different type of value add or what have you. But, but, you know, I know conversations of the unreserved comment with other realtors, they were kind of feet in the sand. Some others thought it was great. Um, and so, but it's mm-hmm. same within the mortgage industry. I mean, there's a lot of artificial intelligence. There's companies that come out with, you know, and, and some of the major banks kind of advertise as being quick approvals and things like that, which a lot are, uh, are lead gen and not actually pre-approvals, but tech is getting that way. And so it's, it's even on our side where we have to rethink, okay, well, what is our you know, what is our niche? Who are we focusing on? How do we set ourselves apart from these online services or AI services and things like that? There's a huge shakeup for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I meant to say expedited, not extrapolated just to, uh, fix my own grammatical error. Um, sounds sounds uh, like me going back on my numbers last week. Wait a minute. That's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. I had this conversation with, uh, with my youngest son the other day, uh, about how, 80% 80% of, or some 80 or 90% of communication is nonverbal. And he was like, what are you talking about? So we had this conversation about how, you know, your body language and everything is, uh, basically helps to convey your message. And it's interesting doing a podcast because, you know, a lot of people are actually listening to us. And I often think about, you know, when we do things off air, we're kind of laughing, but you can't hear it. And like, it's just a totally different right. form of communication. Mm-hmm. And as humans, obviously, you know, we're trying to, especially in our job, we're always trying to communicate information to clients, whether it be by email, phone, in person, what have you. And it's just made me kind of reflect on the way I'm communicating to people and trying to get the proper message across. So I feel like those sorts of uh, corrections are important. You know, if you make an error, just own up to it. Be honest. We always own up to it at Torup. We are, we are speakers of truth. We own up to our faults and mistakes. This is true. Uh, Stennis is Nesto is another company stirring things up. Yeah. Yeah. Nesto was an, is another one that did a huge fundraise. They actually raised a ton of capital and they've, uh, yeah, they partnered with some, some credit unions, um, 
offering, you know, online discounts, things like that. Again, though, when it comes to rate and people going out there, um, looking just at rates, it's important to also dive deeper into what product is being offered. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times with a lot of these uh, companies like Nesto, like uh, Butler Mortgages, things like that, that you might see out there, uh, they, the rates that they're offering or the product is low rate basic products or, or have um, limited features, higher penalties, uh, no ability to say refinance midterm, you know, tight, Typically, a sales-only clause, meaning the only way of getting out of it is to have a bona fide sale with a third party, um, things like that. And and I came across one uh, about a month ago that they had a, uh, a bona fide sales, like they had been stuck in a low-rate basic product, and it, and they weren't able to refi, they weren't able to you know consolidate debt, things like that, and, and really handcuff them, uh, and they weren't aware that that's what they'd gotten into, um, or at least forgotten about. So when looking at any Nestos or things like that, be be aware or ask the question of what product are you getting into? Does it, you know, is it portable? Can it be moved to another, um, another property? Can it be refinanced penalties, all that that's important to keep in mind. Speaking of uh, moving to another property, I want to, I want to discuss the, uh, the fall market, some changes that are mm-hmm. coming. And mm-hmm. one of the articles, uh, talking about moving, we, we saw Dave, you saw an article on Reddit, uh, Steven, if you haven't mm-hmm. handy there, I'll, I'll give it, uh, I'll give it a whirl. Uh, so this is basically something that, uh, that happened recently that we found uh, very interesting. And, and I think it's more common than people think. So it says, this is the post. So if this is horribly formatted, I'm not a Redditor. My wife and I bought six months ago at the height of the housing markets. It seems now we bought hours away from work, which is Toronto. As we both were working from home, we thought, hmm, we thought, what we thought, what would be work at home. We thought, okay. I was like, why? First time I've seen that. We thought work at home would be permanent and we were both afraid of missing out on buying if we didn't pull the trigger. Wife is being called back to work full-time. I've been given notice that we're going back part-time come September. We listed our house a bit over two weeks ago. No offer has come in that we break even on, let alone profit. Our realtor has told us the market is cooling and that it would be a surprise if we got what we were asking for. We've gotten a couple of offers, none of which are asking price. We're at a loss. My wife is looking for work locally, but due to the nature of her work, she's unlikely to find equivalent in pay or opportunity. She also doesn't want to leave her employer. She has great upward mobility and seniority there. I don't personally mind commuting part-time, but she's livid about the situation and refuses to live here now. My friend keeps telling me that there is no such thing as a Canadian market cooling and to just wait it out until it sells. If we listed for rent, I think we wouldn't be making a profit. Any suggestions would be appreciated. Mm. Very loaded. A lot, lot in that post. Mm-hmm. There's a um, lot. There's a I, lot of great comments in that post. Yeah. and and Go I ahead. think. This past year and a half, a lot, this is not a common, like, this is not an uncommon situation. You know, a lot of people went and bought outside of where they, away from their uh, employer and just assuming they're going to permanently be working from home. The funny thing in that, in that whole scenario is that they never verified uh, with their employer that they'd be permanently working remotely, um, which is kind of, you know, hilarious. And I think, Greg, you made a great point uh before we came on nothing like the uh what did you say nothing, nothing like panic buying and panic selling <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah um yeah i mean it's uh i don't really you know they're they're commenting about you know at a loss or anything like that um i mean what else <laughs> i mean not really much to say from a rental standpoint converting into a rental they might be at a, a slight loss monthly however people need to keep aware that that loss is a tax deduction. Everything to do with when you're converting it to a rental, 
um, that property, there are uh, tax uh, deductions or, or ability for, for tax write-offs and things like that around that rental. But um, talking about losing maybe 50 bucks or a hundred bucks a month, as opposed to thousands, um, you know, it's a big difference, but. Welcome to tax advice with David Warren. No, it on NPR. <laughs> but remember, NPR. talk to your accountant yeah. first. Yeah, no, but yeah. It's, it is. It's a very good point. And uh, I mean, if you're gonna, if you, if I mean, there's certain situations where you just have to kind of accept the fact that you might have a loss. I mean, that's a situation where if you bought and you know things have changed, then your expectations also have to change. You can't expect to be selling at a profit in six months when the market has leveled out a bit. I mean, that's it's an unrealistic expectation, right? And you can't you can't go into that situation being like well, we're going to make 50 grand in six months. Let's do it. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. always going to be the case, no, and nor has it always been the case. And that's what I've been saying to everybody that I'm working with right now. It's, you know, that whole ship has sailed of the, you know, exponential um, profit, you know, that just keeps yeah. going and going over the last year and a half, two years, like that's kind of over. So you're not going to get, <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, don't think that you're going to move into this and make $50,000 in the next couple of months. I go, mm. you know, we're going back to a more balanced space. Um, just be happy that you have a place to live and you're comfortable with the, the price that you're paying for it right now. Mm. The other thing you do, he could lease a chopper. That way he can just uh, cruise Sick. into work. Yeah. <laughs> Like a small I, I did like the comment from his, uh, was it his buddy saying, or uh, there's nothing, there's no such thing as the Canadian market cooling. <laughs> yeah. Said, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That guy, that, whoever that's, whoever said that clearly listens to the uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, look at yeah. that. That's hilarious. Your biggest yeah. mistake. What? So anyone just watch or, and just listening, uh, some of the comments below, which are always epic. Uh, Chicky wing says your biggest mistake is panic buying. Your second biggest mistake is panic selling. And then someone yeah. responds saying, buy high, sell low, the FOMO approach. <laughs> the FOMO okay. approach yeah, is pretty funny. Read that, I think. Yeah. But, but for, those, for those of you that might be listening and has, you know, possibly in a similar situation of buying and, and contemplating selling, or you're in town and contemplating selling and, or, re, or turning into a rental or what have you, look at your, you know, where you're moving to if you're buying again. Um, but converting something to a rental where it's a slight loss is not a loss on that property. Um, you're still over time going to take advantage of appreciation. You're still going to be paying, you know, your tenant is still going to be paying down principal on that mortgage. And if you're in a market where it's balancing out and it's not as crazy, maybe hold on to it, take advantage of that principal pay down. Um, and over time that appreciation and, and wait for maybe the market to pick up again in the, in the, mm-hmm. this fall or what have you, and, and sell it at a different time. But for that couple, they could move rent, keep it as a rental. Maybe yeah. they're losing a hundred bucks, 200 bucks a month. So be it. And wait it out. Still going to be taking advantage of their tenants still paying off, you know, half their mortgage, uh, or paying off their, uh, the mortgage monthly and, uh, and reassess at a later date. But like those comments and like Greg, you said the panic, the panic selling is always what uh, people need to take a step back and a breather and, and analyze the numbers more in depth. My, 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 my best advice for that exact scenario, although it's not ideal for many people, depending on how many people are living in the home, especially I would go back to Toronto and I would rent for a year because mm-hmm. who knows what is going to happen in the next year. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a lot's going to change. Maybe you'll be able to stay in Halliburton after the fact, right? 
because what, you know, how, how pissed would you be? It's like, okay, now we took a 40 K loss in Halliburton. We moved back to Toronto and now we can go work at home again. And we want to go to the, like, I mean, come on, you could do yeah. that cycle forever. Mm, yeah, yeah. Dave, I think, I think it's uh, I think that's the best bet for these guys rent, uh, keep their place as a rental and go rent back in the city mm-hmm. for a yeah. year. And yeah, make it a hundred dollar a month investment or whatever the, the difference in cash flow is Yeah, hundred dollars a month. And then hopefully in a year you make that, that difference back when you sell. And then, yeah. And they're not stressing over these big numbers, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Keep the money in the pocket. Greg, I have a question for you. <clears throat> yes. Do you have your crystal ball there? I'm wondering if you can give us a prediction. It's handy. For the ball. <laughs> it's a little, it's a, it's a little <laughs> bit foggy. Clean, clean the dust <laughs> off, pull it out. <laughs> What do you see coming? Uh, what do you see coming in the yeah, well? Next, you know, the, you know, four the, the one thing weeks. that's all the one thing that's always interesting is when you hear about elections because when elections are coming, stuff usually slows down pretty mm-hmm. quick uh, until that election is over. So now with this this election, that it looks like it's going to be happening. Looming. I've talked to a f- yeah, it's looming, and you know, I, I'm reading the news and I've <laughs> talked to a few people, and they said, yeah, it's you know, we're it's, pretty sure that it's that it's happening. Um, I think that that's going to put a lot of things on hold for some people. So between that and the other, the other thing that is rearing its head again, um, I mean, I feel that there's a big chance that people could pause, whether that may be buyers or sellers or both, um, which will of course, uh, if, if there's less people selling and there's people buying, that means that the prices are going to stay where they are or go up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, we won't know until we get there, but there's signs leading to something like that. Of course, uh, it's, it's hard to tell, but I mean, I've, I've seen this happen before and I've been saying to everybody who's kind of like, since, <laughs> since the market slowed down a bit and we're seeing a lot of properties that aren't as nice coming out and sitting, you know, you're on a 30 day average for most. And you know, the nice ones are still selling at a reasonable price. But uh, some buyers are just saying like, no, we're just going to wait and see what happens. And I'm just saying, man, like, don't stop looking because there's opportunities right now. And anybody who listens to the show know that, uh, you know, the last few buyers I've been working with have, have got those opportunities and they found exactly <laughs> what they needed at the price that they've been waiting for. So I would not hold your buying plans at all if you're buying and if you're selling it depends. I have some sellers right now that we're going to list exclusive. They also have later closing dates that they'd like. So we just said, because I told them that they're going to get, uh, you know, much less than what they expected based on <laughs> the past few months. And I said, look, I said, let's, let's clean that, clean up the house, get it ready for sale. And we'll list it exclusive with a longer closing date. And we might find somebody before, uh, before it comes time to actually go MLS. Cause I still do have a pretty big, big network, uh, of agents and of buyers that I can help with that. So that's, you know, and this is the first time in a while that I'm going to be listing exclusive. Um, this, is, uh, this is kind of exactly what Dave said maybe six months ago where uh, he said, you know, when the market's hot, people on the sidelines are saying, well, I don't, it's too hot. I don't want to get involved. And then it cools out and like, well, it's cooling. So we're going to wait till it uh, drops a bit more, Yeah, you know, and then it'll start to go up. Like, well, it's going up. We're going to wait till it cools down. It's just, if you're going to buy, you're going to buy, you're not, you know, you'll always have a reason not to. And, and 10 years later, they're like, damn, we could have been millionaires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think something you said there, Greg, though, about the uh, election is really interesting. Just, um, being a government town, you know, we have 30, I think it's 25 or 30% of our population works for municipal or federal or, or in some capacity and, and election is, you know, 
they're talking about being called on Sunday and elect and the election would be September 20th. Um, I spoke with uh, a friend yesterday that works in works for a minister and she mentioned that they're going to be on complete pause. So for 45 days, they're out of work um, because they work in a minister's office. And so they're not even getting a paycheck um, that there's like for, I know for people that work for the government on contract and things like that, there's no contracts that are ever issued during when there's an election period, because you never know if the government's going to change or uphold those contracts. You know, there's a lot of stuff that freezes and not necessarily that they work. Their, their paycheck is federal government stamps. They, a lot of people work as consultants to the government. And so those contracts will be on pause, things like that. So for those buyers that are affected by that, they're probably going to be at a pause on, on their home buying over the next month and a half. And so, but those that aren't affected um, and are still looking, this might be an opportune time to find that property and have less competition. Um and so to Paul's point of those people sitting on the sidelines, Oh, it's balancing out, bouncing out. Well, it's people are going to also come, you know, it's going to bounce out and maybe slow down even further. And, but people are going to come back to the table as soon as that election's over. And so this might be, if you've been on the sidelines for a while, it could be a great time to get out with Greg and look at places now while there's a pause, right? Thanks Dave. Yeah. A little plug. You know, it, it, it's like we, we always say on, on toe rep. And I, I think people who've been in the business long enough know this. If you are ready to buy a house, go buy a house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The market's up, the market's down, go buy a house. If you're not, don't. Don't mm-hmm. sit and wait and, and kill yourself mentally about what you should do based on all the information you have. If you're ready to go, go. You it's won't the analysis paralysis. Buy, again, buy the exactly. house. Buy the house for uh for a shelter. You know, buy it as shelter. Don't buy it yes, as an investment. You need to and, live. Unless you're buying it as an actual investment property. But even in mm-hmm. that, it should be a 15 to 20 year plan, not a let's buy this and flip it in a year from now. You know, like you mm-hmm. have to, when you're going out to buy a home, especially your primary home, buy it as shelter, knowing that it's also a sound investment. Don't buy it as an investment. That's also shelter. You know, like it's gotta mm-hmm. be, you have to have the right mindset when you're buying that house. Yeah. And I think the people that are waiting for the market to fluctuate, I mean, you're, you're never going to time it properly. Just, you know, we say the best time to buy is uh, today uh, or best time to buy was yesterday. Yeah. Second best time is today because mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, yeah, the market, especially in Ottawa is consistently increasing, but you can't like timing it. Oh, if you look at a 10 year time frame, timing it is going to make zero difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need a place to live. Um, yeah, to say well, complete, completely sh- shipping or a couple of things I wanted to set as a reminder again, because I know a lot of realtors also listen is again, a reminder, September 30th, new holiday. Don't book closings then. Um, but also touching on for any people buying, talking about buying realtors, clients, all that. Don't set closing dates too quickly, like under four weeks, anything like that. Most properties are needing appraisals and appraisals are taking two to three weeks to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, lawyers won't be sent closing instructions. You can't, Sometimes you can't even get a commitment, uh, like an approval from a bank without the appraisal. And they're, we're seeing like the inspection is happening. I've got them queued up where I've got five that are from the inspection right now until when we'll get the report is two weeks. So it's, it's, a three, it's been a three, three and a half week lag from when it was ordered to actually getting the report. And in two, in two of those cases, not getting the report next week until the day before closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were ordered four weeks ago, three and a half and four weeks ago. Um, for so appraisals for appraisals, you for mean, appraisals, right? for appraisals, yeah, okay. but you know, that is, 
it's pretty outrageous. There's just not enough appraisers out there and every property is basically requiring an, an appraisal for the most part. Um, so anyone out there looking buying or a realtor helping your clients buy, do not set closing dates inside of four weeks. Don't set them on September 30th. Be aware that appraisals are going to take two to three weeks on a residential purchase to come back. That's my little, uh, and that's my little PSA. To, to, to that, to that statement, um, on this offer I'm working with right now, we just got confirmation from the bank that we can close the first week of September. And we were all kind of like, okay. And they're like, yeah, no problem. We got it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so stay tuned for that one. <laughs> I'll let you know if it has to extend or not. Cause it just happened this yeah. week. So I there, there are, there are some we'll lenders see. who do or are able to use like a, like a, auto value, like a, like a system that basically right. auto values the property, but especially with the way the market has been that like even that system typically will not support the value of the increased right. or if they paid a bit over asking or what have you. So oftentimes there is a physical, like a true in-person appraisal that needs to be done. Um, and I know that I just, uh, had a client have one done recently and they're still not going into the properties. They were still basically the appraiser shows up, takes photos of the exterior of the home, the land, the street view, et cetera. And then the owner of the home is actually sending photos of specific rooms to the appraiser. So they might say, you know, send us a picture of the living room, washroom, master bedroom, or, uh, you know, what have you. So, so it is still very interesting, especially you'd think, you know, not only are they essential, but we are in, you know, phase three now, I thought that would be something where they would be able to go in. And especially if you have a homeowner, you know, if you have a 78 year old homeowner, who's, uh, you know, looking to get their home appraised and they're taking photos with their, uh, their flip, uh, their Canon flip phone, uh, or, you know, uh, it might be, the photos might not give, uh, you know, a true image of what the house looks like. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the younger crowd, who's, uh, you know, you can have some IG worthy photos, but, um, <laughs> not everyone has uh, not everyone has an iPhone 12 that they can uh, snap perfect photos of. So I wonder how long it'll be before they actually are going back on site. But uh, yeah, for anyone who's having an appraisal, that's just something also to keep in mind that they're not physically going into your home yet. They're, hmm. I think, Dave, have you heard of anyone actually like of any? Uh, I, I, I have spoken in? to one appraiser that uh, he commented that for older homes that have been renovated, things like that, and higher price point, that they are that they he to do his due diligence will go into the home. Um, there are, I know of one lender that will scale back the loan to value, meaning the, the, uh, as they'll only go as high as 75% of the, of the value uh, or 25% down. Um, if they, if the appraiser cannot enter the home for the appraisal, so they'll go, they'll allow 80% loan to value. If the appraisal is done where they're stepping foot in the, in the property, the appraiser is, Otherwise, 75% is their highest if the appraiser cannot go in. Uh, they're basically padding in a 5% buffer that, because, you know, from photos from a, from the owner, again, like Paul said, you could take those IG, Instagram worthy photos that are maybe, you know, there's actually a hole in the wall or a wall missing behind them. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and that's being left out where the appraiser is not actually seeing that in person. Hey, just so put your child that, in front, just put your child in front of the hole. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they jumped in the photo, eh? <laughs> And, and that's where it's, it's interesting. The appraisal reports specify that it's a, that there are limiting conditions uh, based on not entering the home and things like that. Um, but it can go both ways. It can benefit, you know, on a refinance, let's say, it can benefit somebody if your house does not actually show well in person. 
because you can take those, you know, they are taking those good angles and basing off comparables and they're not, the appraisers not physically going in able to see, you know, maybe the workmanship isn't great or there is like, does mm-hmm. just doesn't show well in person. Um, so they're benefiting from that, from a, you know, potentially a higher value than that house would normally get. Whereas the other flip side of it, if somebody's house shows extremely well and photos don't do it justice, um, then they're going to lose out on some added value, maybe on that appraisal on a refi or something like that, because the appraiser is not able to see it in person. So go both ways. If you are, you can find or press some appraisers to, to see it in person. If you feel like that will boost your value, but, um, we haven't really seen it affect, uh, in most, in a lot of cases, some refinances have been a little light because they haven't been able to enter, but, um, by and large, they've done a pretty good job of, uh, of adjusting. I find. Got to hit them angles that they say for the photo. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Martin says, are there any repercussions if the house appraises higher than what the house was purchased at? I know that lower, you need to cover the difference. So are you, so it, is it, is he referring to appraised if it's on a purchase that the appraisal comes in higher? Yeah, I'm assuming you buy at 600 and the appraisal comes in at 625, let's say. Yeah. So banks will only on a purchase, they will only finance at the lower of the purchase price or the appraised value. So if your purchase purchase agreements for 600 and you appraise at 625, they're going to finance based on that 600. You're not going to get that extra 25 grand back in pocket. That's something where after closing, you could look to refinance down the road, um, with that higher value to, to maybe pull out some equity, but that's not something on closing. Now there are a couple of alternative lenders. Uh, so not your, you know, big six or, or or traditional banks. There are some alternative lenders that will, and this goes for people that are buying new builds that maybe signed a purchase agreement a few years ago. There are some alternative lenders that will finance based on the appraised value, not the purchase price. Meaning that let's say you, signed a purchase agreement for a home or a condo, uh, you know, two, three years ago at 400,000. Now it's worth 600,000, which actually is not that outlandish for places. Maybe they signed in Barhaven or you know, anywhere actually within Ottawa. Um, so typically the bank would finance based on a purchase price of 400. You're putting your down payment based on 400. These alternative lenders will say it's appraised value 600. We will lend you 80% loan to value based on that 600. So what that means is they're getting all of their deposit back, all of their deposits back. They're not actually putting any money out of pocket down on that property, uh, closing costs covered, things like that. So it is uh, a strategy where you might be able to look at doing that. If it's, you know, going with an alternative lender where you don't have to, where you can actually get it with no money down, keeping in mind, your rates are going to be much higher. You're going to be in the, the five plus, you know, anywhere from five to 10% range uh, with fees. But again, you are getting your money back. You're essentially buying the property at over hundred percent loan to value or, you know, from what your original purchase price was, maybe even getting the equity back. So it is something that you could consider, uh, could consider doing as well. And, and something you can talk to, to Paul or I about. That's my ramble. And then That's last question. Last question, and then we'll get into the mood boost. Does the appraisal affect property taxes, or is that a separate evaluation that can change that? Separate valuation. Um, property taxes are done by uh, MPAC. They're done every, typically every, I think, believe it's every five years, and they're set um, as far as your value and and, and increase in value. And uh, and property taxes are just based on the municipality um, and what their percentage of that. Um, valuation would be. So I think Ottawa 
they announced about a month ago that property taxes are going up 3% uh, for the coming year. So uh, people will see their property taxes go up 3% from what their previous year was. But appraisals don't have any bearing. They're not shared with anyone else other than the bank that you're financing with. Speaking of taxes, I was uh, in that same conversation. My son is clearly uh, a deep thinker. He was asking me about how taxes work and how the government manages our money. Oh, wow. <laughs> Former, uh, yeah, soon to be prime minister here, uh, Madden. Um, that was a fun conversation. So let's get into the mood boost, gentlemen. It's yeah, Friday. It. We need our moods boosted. Boost me. Boost. Number one, I got three today. Number one, how do you get a country girl's attention? Hmm? A tractor. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, I tried to tell a chemistry joke the other day, but there was no reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, a noun and a verb started dating. Very common these days. They had a happy relationship for a while, but eventually they broke up because the noun was too possessive. <laughs> okay. They were I like, I like those. I like the, I like the, to the point, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I'm not, I'm, I don't like to be a deep thinker on the mood boost. So I, like <laughs> yeah, I got to, uh, before I forget here, I got one thing I want to promote because I know it's happening on August 22nd, but uh, I know that that won't be up for the people on YouTube to hear because it'll be after the fact for next week. Three for three. So <clears throat> I'm DJing. Oh, amazing. Of course it was. Those were yeah. actually amazing. I'm DJing um, the Gaia Fest Festival. Gaia, I'm DJing Gaia, Gaia Fest on the 21st, 22nd. Um, I'll just read you a little bit about it here. It's a uh, yoga, it's a day and night. Kids welcome yoga classes, all levels, live DJs, dance therapy, live music and acoustic performances, drumming circle, sound therapy uh, with crystal bowls, gongs, native sound instruments, etc. Guided meditations, ecstatic dance, live art, SUP yoga, water activities, kayak paddle, canoe, beach yoga, badminton, uh, and local artists. Wow. Showcasing. So I'm, I'm playing on Sunday, I think around 6 PM, like I'm in the closing set. So I'm playing for an hour, most DJs are, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great DJs playing. It's going to be, uh, it should be pretty cool. So online we'll, we'll post up the link. Um, if anybody's interested in that, that sounds it's amazing. A, it's a, yeah, sounds it's a wellness. It's at the wellness retreat in, um, the guy wellness retreat in, in Wakefield and it's a dead zone. So when you go, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no phones. Wow. Amazing. Awesome. I'm camping that weekend. Otherwise that uh, sounds spectacular. Yeah, it should be pretty fun. I was, uh, I was kind of, uh, it was just cool to be invited to that. To play. So yeah, I like it. I like it. And Wednesday, Wednesday, Tavern That's on the Wednesday. Hill. Yeah. Oh, Wednesday, Horn, Wednesday, Tavern on the Hill. Uh, my wife's band, the Hornets are playing. Uh, that should be, that's going to be a fun night. They played mm -hmm. there a couple of weeks ago and it, uh, it, it was really fun. So mm -hmm. yeah, the Hornets Tavern on the Hill, Wednesday, the 18th. Be wow. there, be square suckers. Wow. I like um, it. Is that good? <laughs> I like it. Well, so gentlemen, let's, uh, yeah, let's roll. Let's roll. We'll be back next Friday, every Friday, 10 o'clock. We're here. Most Fridays, on Tuesday, every Friday. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even know what episode we're coming up to 50. We're going to do something big for the, yeah. for the big five. Oh, or maybe the, the one year, the 52 and 52 weeks in a row. We'll, uh, 
We'll keep her going. 47 we're at? 47. 47. That's crazy. Anyone who's, uh, who's interested, go back on YouTube and search the Friday wrap-up. There's some old school... My kids found one where we had... Uh, um, oh, who was it? Uh, musical guest. It was Alex Sullivan Jason and... Coulson. Um, oh, Alex no. Sullivan and Jason Colson. Yeah, no. No, Eric it was Saint Alex Cyr. Sullivan and... Who, sorry? Eric St. Cyr. Yes. Yeah, they, they were playing for like the first 10 minutes and, and Vito was there. It was, it was pretty hilarious, but very nostalgic. <laughs> I had hair. I had hair back then. It's pretty great. <laughs> My kids are laughing. They're like, dad, you were really holding on back then. I was like, yes, I know. I, <laughs> yes. I, got, I got rid of it. <laughs> You're really holding Amazing. on. Very intuitive children. Um, anyways, we'll be back next Friday, 10 o'clock. And uh, as always, episodes will be released. This episode will be released Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock on uh, YouTube and all your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, coffee sponsor, North Brew. Head over to northbrew.ca, type in the code word podcast, and you get 20% off your coffee orders. Gentlemen, have a great weekend. Everyone listening. You too. Have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next week. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.